1: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
0: We are back, baby. We are fucking back. We are back. Yeah. Classic. We are back. That's we right. are back. Hello and welcome back to the Liverpool groove. What a difference of wind mix Finally broke the Little blip we were on and uh, beat Chef United 2-0. Uh, it was a good performance. I thought we played well. Um, they got in behind us one, once or twice, like, but never really troubled. Um I say thought we thought we played well and a uh, couple of standout performers in the game. Yeah, you're always gonna you're always gonna concede chances against any team,
1: especially someone who's lobbing the ball over you when you have got to make shift defence, but thought the defenders were all right. Um Thought we we played a lot better football. We looked more comfortable in possession than we have done in recent weeks. We didn't we didn't look desperate at any point. We sort of when the first half goes, you're wondering what we're going to come out like because in recent weeks when it hasn't been going our way and we're not we're not taking our chances, we've sort of shuffled it about a bit and started going a bit more direct balls in the box and all that. And they just didn't. They, they carried on playing the footy. They were more patient. Played very well. Enjoyed it. I enjoyed the game. I sort of, for the first time in in a few weeks, felt like I knew it was going to come. I knew one of them was going to go in at some point. Some of them, so you talked about missed chances and missed opportunities, but these were great saves, great defending. You know what I mean? Some of it yeah. was just bizarre. So I, I couldn't fault the
0: performance. I thought he played well. Yeah, um, I was a bit, Skeptical, probably like most people were. We, we added him being in the starting lineup, but I thought he'd done well. I thought he'd done, with the exception of the the own goal that wasn't. I thought he, he done every. He just kept it basic, which is I think what we've said in the past. You know, we know we can't play the same way we do with him in goal that we can with Allison, and we didn't try to against them. We he kept it simple. Um, you know when he come out to clear that ball, I. Thankfully, it wasn't Alison <laughs> because he would have missed it. Uh, he, he done well. He, he, he got ready. as I say, he just done the basics. Um, he looked confident. Maybe that's because it was Chef United. And they're obviously short of confidence up front themselves. Maybe maybe that played a part. But he done what was necessary. Um, and I thought he had an all right game, which is all we can ask for. Um, it was nice to see two centre backs playing centre back. I can't remember the last time we've had that. Sammy, if yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i it's mad I think
1: going on Asian. I think he played when he was called upon he's he done his job brilliantly couldn't ask no more really the cock up was a cock up I think I sort of feel like that that got scrutinised quite a lot and I sort of feel like Kabach knew it was offside I think he sort of just stopped to stop play he was looking yeah. at the line when it happened it was a bit of a mix up but again some, sometimes stuff like that happens laugh, laugh at it when it doesn't cost you that's all you can do. You can't scrutinise it and go. Oh, but if this happens and that happens, load the bollocks. Just get over it. It hasn't. It hasn't come to nothing. So, um, just I think it, I think the Agent played very well. Actually, I think he made a few great saves. for the first half, um, and other than that little cough up, Kabach and Phillips were absolutely solid. They look like they played together before. They looked confident with each other. Again, they didn't use the the keeper as a sweeper. They didn't use him as another center half. They didn't involve him in the play all that much. And that's what, there's no need to do it. There's no point But keep the ball as far away from your own goal as, as you you can throughout the game. And you're at less risk of conceding, aren't you?
0: Yeah. I think with Adrian the problem is is people are too keen to focus in on his past mistakes. So Every little thing that he does that isn't exactly how you want it to look, or how you don't, you might not want him to do what he's done. It'll get scrutinized. Like, I think they had a free kick which bounced in front of him and he's turned it around the post. And people are scrutinizing that save, saying he should have kept hold of it, he should have done this. It's like, look, he's got it out, he's got it out of danger, he's got it away from danger. He saved it at the end of the day. It's bounced right in front of him. And again, he's played it safe rather than trying to. You know, do something that he wasn't comfortable doing. And so I can't fault him for that in the slightest. Um, I think, yeah, the two centre backs they, they looked very good. Uh I think Nat Phillips had added a jumbo Jeff for you. Um, he's just fucking he does he's not arsed. He doesn't care who's in front of him, who's around him. If he's either if he wants to edit that ball, he's editing that ball. So you you gotta love that commitment from him. That's what that's what we were saying on the last
1: one. It's like against Everton. He didn't have that. He didn't have a player who looked like he'd get it to to clear a ball or to to get rid of it. He would. He'd end up here for you. And I think it's it's just one of them. I I don't want to see Fabinho just come straight back into the the squad and Phillips be risked again and be put out the team. Because he literally, he hasn't really had a bad game for us. He's been the most, I think he said, I think his first game was against, I think it was West Ham. Yeah. And he was playing with Gomez. And I remember, I remember talking, saying he could literally be the lead centre after. He was commanding. He was telling the keeper what to do. He was telling Gomez what to do. He was brilliant. And um, he just, it's like, it reminds me like the Benitez days when some, someone would have a fantastic game or they'd score two goals and he'd take them off and you wouldn't see them again. Yeah. A little bit. And it's sort of, I don't know what he's got to do to stay in that team, but based on recent performances, he's got to stay there. Um, say the only issue I've had with him was I think it was the Newcastle game when he got roasted everywhere, but that was not through lack of talent, it was just through lack of pace. Yeah. And that's always gonna happen. And I think in recent recent games they've learned to take a little yard back past the fast players, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sit back a little bit more and defend with your qualities rather than try and play a game that that you're a bit weaker. So so I hope he stays in the team. Um and I just I just don't know our best team at the minute. Well, two center halves is the way to go. Carback's still learning. He's gonna learn, but he's gonna he's gonna learn more playing with Phillips than he is playing alongside Henderson or Fabino, because he's a center half, he's been a center half since he was a kid. He knows the ropes, he knows what to do and not what to do. He might make mistakes because he's you know he's sort of like a rabbit in the headlights at the minute, isn't he? Yeah. youngest player hasn't played often the pair of them are going to be learning off each other. But at the end of the day, I know it's tough saying there's nothing to lose, but you need to be playing two centre-halves together. And if it if it means taking a few risks and seeing how they go, then
0: you've got to build that partnership up a little bit because
1: none of the other players are going to be back in time.
0: Yeah. Well, see, the thing is, like, and I completely agree with everything you've just said, we do need to keep two centre-halves playing centre-half for the rest of the season. You bring Fabinho into that midfield now. Straight away it improves us because not only do you get a solid fucking class uh, defensive midfielder in the squad who can go back into the back into a back three if necessary, but it then frees up Thiago to go further forward, and you'd actually start seeing the best version of Thiago, which we've said in the past. He's not a defensive minded player yet. He he had good defensive stats for you know for uh, Bayern last season. But he's he's not that mind, that minded player, and you can tell he's not. He wants to get further forward. He wants to he wants to, you know, sort of conduct the play, if you like. Um, and he, he wants to be getting assists, he wants to be getting on the end of stuff, he needs to be further forward. We've said that. Um, and I think it'd probably even free Ginny up a bit as well to to go further forward. We I think I don't know if we've said it on here, but I've said it in the past myself anyway. We need to we need to start seeing that. Netherlands Juni in the Liverpool team, but he doesn't get the he doesn't get the freedom to do it for whatever reason. Yeah, I think I think at the
1: minute, as you've just said there, I think Fabinho coming back in the team is absolutely massive. As you say, we can revert up to a back three and the fullbacks can go up. That's the one thing we're missing massively at the minute, is that we haven't got a player capable of just slotting into like a back three, sort of, and the full backs are they're getting caught in between. In between the game, like where they're not sure whether to go forward or to stay back, and it's, it's affecting us offensively but also defensively because they're just caught in no man's land half the time. And I think Fabinho drops back in there, they can do what they want again, and that's what you've discussed, haven't we? We're, we're missing him there. Um, Thiago being higher up in, on the pitch is massive for him and for us because he's going to get the recognition he deserves because he's world class, we just need him higher up the pitch. Wijnaldum, as I've stated many times, probably. I can imagine people who are avid Wijnaldum supporters sitting there and saying, this dickhead doesn't know what he's talking about. I've (laughs) said it many times. I personally don't get what he does. But um, against Everton, he picked the ball up. He went past a few players. He ended up in a dangerous position and no one followed him. He's done it again against Sheffield United. Um, he, he marched forward a little bit and we did see that little bit of Holland's Ronaldo. he's been going forward a little bit more um, and say I'm one of them if he if he's to start going forward and start creating chances and start scoring goals and being the player I'd like to see him be then I'd have all my hands up and say oh, I, I was I was wrong but um, there's something about the way we play that he just doesn't he just doesn't fit that system for Klopp don't know why it just doesn't he's two different players isn't he? I don't know whether Completely. they really it, it is mad it's, it's a bit of a mad one because we've we have seen him for Holland but at Liverpool he's never been given the the reins to just get off to yeah. just do what he want, wants to do or needs to do. But I I, I it, the frustrating thing for me is when you know he's got it in his locker. He's done it again the other day gets the ball. And there's three players in front of him, and he does this mad little turn back, or he takes a touch like behind him. And you're just thinking, like, you've just took five seconds out the game. Maybe could have been, you know, you could if that goes to Thiago, the ball spreads to the wings. state right instantly before he's even received the ball. He knows where it's going. I feel like when Alden was stepping to behind the game and behind the other players in his mind, I don't think he's quite sure what to do when he receives the ball, and that's his downfall for me.
0: I just think. In the system with him in it at the minute, he's, he's sort of like the... I don't know if water carry is the right term, but he's that one who just... He, he's I think he's trying to sort of do the Hendo roll a little bit. Like, he's you know just constantly turning over possession, making sure we're staying in possession. He'll hold the ball when it's needed. I think he's just doing, he's doing the ugly job for us at the minute. And personally, he's not as effective at it as Henderson. And I don't think he... Likes it. I don't think he. I don't think he likes that job. I think he would rather be that Netherlands. He's, he's he is an attack-minded player for all intents and purposes. He started his career. He was a winger, so it's not like he hasn't got it in him. You know, when Newcastle got relegated, he got 11 goals that season for them in the league. I mean, a lot of that come. I think he scored five in a game. Like so, a lot of it comes from that. but <laughs> you know, some I'm going, that, it. Imagine imagine Wijnaldum and Alderman team getting five in a game. Imagine them getting five a season. Imagine us getting five in a game. I oh know, oh. yeah, hell. So um, distant, a distant memory, that. Um, but the other man in midfield that we haven't mentioned so far who deserves the, all the recognition at the minute is Curtis Jones. Yes, and lad. He was he was brilliant, on, uh on Sunday he was absolutely brilliant, and he deserved that goal. Um, finally got the goal that his, his players deserved. He's we've we've said it about him multiple times. You know, he's he's one of them players. He never looks he never looks worried on the ball. He's just He's such a, like, he's a Rolls-Royce of a player, or at least he will be when he's in his prime. He's just that type of player. He's a luxury player. And he finally got the role that he deserves and, and made up for him. He does the nitty-gritty as well. And he gets in, he
1: puts himself about a bit. He's, for, for the size, he's not lightweight. He's, he'll hold his ground, you know what I mean? He won't, yeah. he won't go down to the slightest little barge or whatever. He tries to keep on the ball as much as he can. He's so confident. Not You're playing alongside Thiago when he's trying to push him out the way to get the ball. <laughs> I think that's what, what I want to see. That's what a Steven Gerrard would have done. That's he, he believes in his ability and that's what he wants. He wants to prove it. I think his goal, he took it absolutely brilliantly. It was made up. I, when I seen the first angle, I was just waiting for it to get disallowed because it was Safe. a mi- million percent over the line on that angle. And that's where they are. It's fucking terrifying because the only show that i the one angle and somehow it's being given. But when you've seen it from overhead, it's it's not over the line. So, yeah, um, yeah fantastic goal. Fantastic game. Loved this interview at the end. Um, something I haven't mentioned, you know, our goalkeeper losing his dad the way he has is fucking yeah. <clears throat> heartbreaking. Um, it's nice to see Curtis Jones speak the way he did after the match and dedicate his goal to Allison's dad and his family and that. Um, and the response from Alisson as well which was nice he, yeah. he's seen the support a, you can see there's been questions whether there's this harmony in the in the club at the minute and in the dressing room and that's quashed all that hasn't it so it's, it's nice to see our players sticking together no matter what
0: really yeah even, even Adrian after the game you know he, he's he put on Instagram and Twitter and now you know made up for the three points clean sheet this that and the other and then at the end he's put this is for you Hamano, and tagged Allison. so it is that you know players aren't going to be happy that they're not playing and stuff like that, but all of that goes out the window, especially when something like that happens. But you know, that's that's it, they're all there for Allison at the moment. Um, no one, and you know, what done me adding is people moaning that Adrian was starting on Sunday, like, like allison just lost his dad in the most fucking horrific one of the most horrific ways you could think of, and all you're asked about is who's starting. You could fuck put you could put me in goal and I wouldn't and I wouldn't give a fuck like let the man's got a grief, you know what I mean? You need they're the need type to... of people.
1: They're the type of people who complain that Alison was starting if he makes a mistake in that game and they blame Klopp and then one Klopp out because Allison's that the fucking brain dead lad. There's a as I explained to me dad earlier. People like that aren't supporters. They will have started following us. Some of them in 2005 and even the European Cup. Through the times of Hodgson and that, they lose interest, couldn't give yeah. a fuck about Liverpool. They move on, and then you win another European Cup, and the tails go up, and they're interested again. They're not, they're not supporters or f- not even fans. They're not fanatics. They're, they're like, like a little hobby to them. When it's going well, they enjoy it, and they're, they're all about it. They like throwing it in other people's faces, but they're the first ones to moan when it's not going well. Whereas us, we'll criticise, criticise, and and calling for people's heads it's two different things you know what I mean you yeah. can, have your, can have your conversations you can moan to each other over a bevy and all that but these people are just the one or the other they're actually all in or they're all out and absolutely everything's wrong or absolutely everything's right you can't have a conversation with them lad. that's the type of people who get flipped over the tables in bars because they're just their heads so um, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, just great to see actually you know the media have been on it as well saying you know they've been fighting in it's the dressing homes and all that. Loads of nonsense. But to see the team stick together as they have, I'm made up. Obviously, I wish they didn't have to because Alisson would still have his dad, but sometimes it shows you that. Football's united them, in a way. They've, they've had been able
0: to give something back to Alisson and dedicate something to Alisson through football. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, Alisson going back into training, you know, after he might have had a couple of days off or something, him going back into training, you know, he would have had he would have went in with so, so much so much better feeling than he would have left training and you know what I mean? Um just knowing that everyone everyone's there for him, everyone supports him. As I say it's it's a family and they've it's you know they've all treated it as if it's one of their family members have I've lost someone, you know what I mean? And that's 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 what you want to see. You want to see that harmony and more importantly you want to see them just sticking two fingers up to the media basically. Yeah, um, exactly. Of course they haven't got a fucking clue. Um, but big game coming up on Thursday. Uh Chelsea, absolutely fucking huge game. Uh they're only a point ahead of us in the league. Uh Tuchel still unbeaten as manager. Um I think the last two games they drew with United, which I'm, I'm going to watch that. It was a fucking shit game. All draw. United maybe should have had a pen, but that that's VAR for you. Let's not go there. Um and then the game before that, they beat Atletico at Atletico, so that was fucking fantastic result. We know firsthand how hard it is to go and get a win there. So um, yeah, it, it's it's I say it, the game is is absolutely fucking enormous now, even more so after the the win on Sunday. But um, at home, so no, <laughs> yeah, I don't, uh, uh, it's it's a weird feeling, like being devastated. Not devastated. That's the wrong word. but... <laughs> Being a little bit gutted that with a home instead of away. Like it's it's a weird feeling. But now now's the time we've gotta we've gotta stand up and, and fucking make these games count. Say so they are a point behind us, we can go above them, we can go above West Ham if we win. Um That should never be in a conversation. Man. That if should, we win. I know, with yeah. 12 games to go, if we win, we can go
1: above West Ham. That's absolutely disgusting. I can't no. believe it. But I just think it's it, it,
0: this season for
1: someone's got, someone's going to grab that that fourth spot by the scruff of the neck and just get off soon hopefully it does same before I think if we go on a little run here if you beat Chelsea confidence goes right through the roof if you lose it could go right to the floor so it is a, it's a massive game in, in that aspect but beat Chelsea more than capable of beating Chelsea Um, the form we're in I think games like this, form can go out the window. With us being at home at the minute, it's not an advantage. It's more that it's, you can't say it's a disadvantage because there's no reason for it to be. We're just not playing as well there as we usually would. Yeah, I think. Yeah, um, yeah it's going to be a tough game. It's always going to be a tough game, but I'm I'm confident going into the game if we just if we just play the basics like we did against Sheffield United, um, keep keep the ball on the floor play football and even if it's the 70th minute and it's not going in keep going keep going keep going you know what I mean it's just one of them Um, yeah I'd be, I'd be quite confident going into the game based on the Sheffield United's performance um, based on the, the lack of chances they had against United's because United's defence is shocking so I'd like to um, I'd like to think we'll go into that full of confidence and with everything that's gone on off the pitch I think uh, they'll want to be winning for for certain individuals as well. Um, Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think there's
1: going to be a hunger in the belly. As I say, I think top four, if worst case scenario happens and we lost, I'd still be confident we can get top four. It's just one of them games. But someone's going to grab it by the scruff the neck. I personally think win the next few games, based on what goes on in the next three or four games, there's only 12 to go. I think if we're if we're in the top four by then, and we're, we're a bit clear, I think we'd we end up finishing second probably.
0: Yeah, I mean, we were we were saying it before we we come on here where we, you know it's everyone's catchable right now, with the exception of City, um, so we've we've just got to we've just got to go all out and we've just got to go for it. I'd rather I'd rather them give everything for it to try and get second and come up short and just fucking giving up you know what I mean so um, that's all we want we just we just want them to to fucking have a go and as long as they do that then we're we're happy so um, I'm yeah I'm quite confident I'm quite confident somehow Um, I think it's going to be tough game as you say defensively they're quite solid attacking wise they're not as good as they probably should be with some of the players they've bought you know Timo Werner Zeff uh, Havertz, you know these are supposed world class players, and, and they haven't turned up for them, so they, they are struggling. I think, to be honest, the one you've got to watch at the minute is Giroud. Um and yeah, he'll be the it will be the struggle for us. He'll probably start. Yeah, but that's for me why it's it's so important that Phillips starts because he'll just go right through. and yeah. you know it's it's going to be an intriguing battle if it is fi- Phillips against the. Uh, you do, but I think that's the way it needs to go. That's all I want at the minute. Like it might sound, might
1: sound a bit stupid, uh, given the circumstances. Sometimes the football is not going to be the best. Sometimes performances aren't going to be the best. But as long as they fight, if they give everything for the shares and all for all of us are all, who are willing them on. Uh, you know, we haven't we haven't got to see them win the league. They've won it, but we haven't got to see it. So at least give a little go for the rest of the season show a bit of fight. If it's not going our way, kick for fuck out of someone. Just show a bit of hunger and a little bit of determination for us. Show that, do the nitty-gritty, get stuck in and, and fight. And that's what it's about. Fight the fight for Liverpool. Because that's what, that's what we do off the pitch when we can get in the ground. And that's what they should be doing for us now. Being Chef United, they did. They played the footy, played well, they didn't panic. But, this, the likes of Giroud and that, he, he he's going to battle, you know what I mean? So, It's going to be a game of um, individual battles that wins this. It could go one way or the other. I think, again, if they score early, I don't have much confidence in us going and getting two or three goals in a game anymore. But if we score early, it's a different game. They've got to come at us, and we'll just bombard them on the counter. That's That's the way I want it. I don't want it to be a cautious game. I want to go out, set up a system, hopefully for being yours in there, and he can assure the back up a little bit, but as a centre-defensive mid, so we can switch to that, create the back, and just go on the attack. Full-backs bombarding up. Tiago out up the pitch. Curtis Jones, with a pass to go anywhere. Basically, that's the type of midfielder he is. He roams to the wings, goes up. He's a bit box-to-box as well. He'll get back, and then the front three. Just, just go at him.
0: That's all I want to say. It's just at him. Yeah, I mean, the squad anyway should start, you know, looking a bit better from, from here on out. You know, we've got, um, I think Klopp said Allison's back for, for the Chelsea game. Uh, Jota should be back. Fabinho should be back. Uh, you know, Keita's just coming back. He looked lively when he came on. He didn't do much against Sheffield United, but he looked lively. Uh, always wants the ball. He'll always run with it. And we kind of, I think we need someone like that at the minute. So start getting these players back and, Keep them fit, more importantly, and you know, you've, you've got a bit of a, a better squad to choose from for the rest of the season. And then, you know, Henderson, we may or may not see him again this season. Um, he's out for I think you've said six to eight weeks at the minute, so who knows? It's touch and goal at the minute, I suppose. But yeah, um, say quietly confident about the game. Um, I think it'll be a close, I don't think it'll, it's not going to be a massive score. I think you're looking at a 1 0, 2 1. Um, I think it's it's but as I say, I don't think they're going to cause us as many problems as they probably should. I'll go for two nil. I think we'll keep a clean sheet. Um,
1: all being well. I think keep the two centre-halves together. As I say, Fabiano's in there. we can play a back five at times and then a back three on the attack. So I think it's um, it sound. Should be all good, as you say. They like to jotter and nabby and that coming back. It's, um, it's a massive boost. I think I, just, I was a bit... Looking dramatic on the, the last few ones, saying like how the squad isn't that. And you hit the nail on the head and said, like, when the likes of Jotter and Keeter and Fabino and that are all back, the bench is so much more solid. So, yeah, looking forward to having a full squad very soon. Uh, the loss of Henderson's massive, but with the two centered halves and maybe Fabino coming back, it's not we can manage, you know what I mean? Yeah, we can we can manage without him. It's hard, he, he's probably one of our most influential players, but. We can manage without him, as yeah. long as we've got a defence. So, yeah, I'll go for 2-0. Um, don't want to see any players risked if they don't need to be risked, the likes of Jotter, and that. I'd like it to be 2-0 with, with, you know, half an hour to go and we can shut up shop a little bit rather than going, having to bring players on to bail us out the shit. So, fingers
0: crossed, that's the way it goes, lad. Yeah, that's the hope. Um, little bit, little thing I wanted to just have a little, get your opinion on. Um, I've seen a couple of contradicting stories about Wijnaldum over the last couple of days. Uh, The first one was that he now wants to stay and he's changed his mind about going. Uh, The other one is that he's got a handshake deal with Inter Milan. Um, I know uh, we've already touched on it here again. We know you're not his biggest fan. What, out of them two options, say they were the two on the table, what would you prefer to see happen? I'd be annoyed with him, like
1: I was with M.A. Chan, to run your contact down while still getting played and your is not to, to be that great when you're doing it. If he was if he was killing himself for us, which I don't think he is, if he was going above and beyond for us till he left, then I wouldn't. I'd, I'd clap him and say, you know what, lad, fair play. Um, the, the contact talks I don't understand because apparently he's turned down like 200 grand a week because uh, he thinks he should be more highly regarded within the squad. No, I, I disagree with that. I think he should just take what he's given at Liverpool and count himself lucky that he's, he's getting a contract. Obviously, if it's degrading and it's less than he's on now, then fair enough. But it's not going to be. It's going to be more than he's on now. Um, I, I never want to see a player leave who... He, he's got a part to play in our squad, but I personally don't think it should be in a starting role. If, especially if Fabinho's there and Henderson's there and you've got Thiago, Keita... Um, Jones, I don't think there's a place for Ronaldo in my best 11 personally, but I'm not Jürgen Klopp. I don't know the role Jürgen Klopp's given him. Like, if he is told to not go past the halfway line or don't bump forward or whatever his role is, we can't we can't really judge him as much as we'd like because we don't know the ins and outs of his role. So personally, if he stayed, I wouldn't be one of them dickheads just moaning that he's on the wage bill and he's robbing a living and he's squad player because I think he's a perfect squad player, his shows are coming on against teams like Barcelona, he's come on and changed games for us but I wouldn't be broken up. I wouldn't be asked honestly if he, if he left as long as we got a replacement Yeah,
0: I think, um, I think that's the key at the minute is getting a replacement you see names thrown about all the time uh, that Basuma from Brighton um, Renato Sanchez from Leo. you know, it's just I love I love the transfer window. I think I think it's a just exciting time in football in general. But I just hate all the speculation with everything. I hate us seeing. That's why I was made up with the Fabinho signing when we when we done it. There was no speculation about it. No one knew a thing about it. I remember seeing the story break, and then an hour later we'd signed him. Yeah, the madness that. But that that's the type of transfer window I'd prefer. I, fuck all these in the nose on Twitter and all that. All these dick. I do think the that you they, have got connections inside the club when really they're talking to fucking Betty who doesn't know where <laughs> any of the players are. Swerve um, all them, just out, go back to the old days where no one knows a fucking thing until you see it on Sky Sports or you fucking read it in the paper the next day and you weren't even aware. But I don't know why people want to know. Like, the
1: exciting part of that part of the football is like deadlines there when a car pulls up and you're like, fucking hell, who's in that? And then, like, the likes of the Van Dyke sign. Like... That was the fucking maddest. That was, I had no idea that was happening whatsoever, literally. It wasn't even that much in the press. It was, it was a dead deal, wasn't it? Because he did mess on the was in Blackpool and that. But I remember that breaking.
0: I'm sure it was... it. Was it New Year's Day? No, I I
1: think was it was rough.
0: Like, I think it was about the 27th of December or something like that. And then he was in the crowd for the Swansea game. Which was
1: on New Year's I, Eve. The day it broke, I'd been out the night before and I was absolutely destroyed. And I was I was in my Mars, lying on the bed with, with my bed, And she was like, Should we have a little drink? It's fucking the, the Christmas time now. And I was like, No, I'll fucking spew that. I'm I feel like being <laughs> sick. And then my phone pinged, breaking news. Liverpool confirmed Van Dyke signing. And then there was a photograph with him with a Christmas tree. And lad, I van down and got a few cans. And I was fucking bouncing out the house. <laughs> so he was like, you cheeky bastards. But that's the excitement. is when something like that happens. Why the fuck would you want to know that three weeks before it? What, oh, no. what enjoyment would you get out of that? You fucking weirdos. That's the, the whole point of it is you get the buzz. And that was the Liverpool way, the old way. Fabinho was the same. And we just lost the European Cup final. Yeah. And then Fabinho was announced within a few hours. And you're thinking... That's the right way to go about it. You've seen where we were a bit weak, you've seen where we struggled, go and get in. And what a signing he's been. But just all this in the no shit, lad, is it's just pointless. I don't I don't follow anyone like that. It doesn't interest me. I don't go looking. Every blue moon, you get a text off someone who knows someone who works like the spiral te- the hospital hotel, the spiral um, hospital, and you get a message saying just seeing such a body come in, he's getting scanned and checked, and then you start believing. But Say it doesn't interest until it's signed, lad. The, the one thing I mean, you need to understand as a Liverpool fan as well is until they have signed and they're leaning on something, it used to be Woods, now at the academy, it's never a deal. So, look at what happened with that, here,
0: yeah, Fucking poor bastard must be gutted, mustn't he? <laughs> I know, yeah, ended up a fucking rail better after that, didn't he? So, yeah, that, that was weird. One that doing the interview and everything, and then just nine in a bit to that,
1: <laughs> just madness, but. There must be a reason behind it's never been confirmed. Why, but as you say, he's playing, he
0: ended up a better, so it's a big drop, in it? Just a bit like, um, so I think that pretty much sums everything up for this episode. Um, we are going to finish it on the sad news that we got today that uh, Ian St. John has passed away. Um, it was you know, it's obviously always sad when somebody associated with the club dies. This one, I, I don't know why. I, I, you know, he's obviously well before our time. Never seen him play. Know all the stories about him. Know how much he was revered. But seeing all the messages from different people on Twitter and stuff like that, and even on the news, like Alan, do you have had Alan Kennedy talking about it? Do you have had Pat Nevin talking about him? Like, I, I didn't, I didn't quite appreciate how big he was for not only the club but the city. To be totally honest with you, until he's actually passed. I've said it before. People, some people.
1: Like, the saints don't get acknowledged as much while they're around, and it it, it sickens me a little bit. I uh, don't get me wrong; I think he was really appreciated by the club. He was looked after. Um, many stories off me dad of the, the famous goals he scored. You know, sixty-five cup final one, he be remembered forever. Um, I think the the song "Live a on my chest, and we all sing i know, up off the edge of St. John, and everyone jumps up and hits the ball in the lot. Yeah. That gives me shivers. That song about that. <laughs> um, I was genuinely nearly shed a tear when I heard the news because I wasn't expecting it. I've met him. I've took my dad to meet him. He was one of my dad's idols. My dad absolutely idolised him. When we went to Shankly Hotel to have a, it was like a sportsman's dinner, but Shankly's best eleven, Um they announced the in St John to pick up his award, and my dad out of his seat. St John, St John, and everyone started doing it, and you just think. That's his, that's his idol. So, he dad's chocker. But I've been brought up with stories of him and even little things like how he used to be with the fans and he never got above himself. And say, so when I met him, I met him as a kid. Um, I think it was after the tsunami. Met him outside Anfield and he had me, me Liverpool shirt. And I gave it to him to sign. And he said, I'm not ruining your new shirt. Like, I'm going to get a piece of paper. And I was like, that's just a sort of, that's little stories like that are just brilliant. Um when you think of a player like him, so I've got a few stats there, like 425 games for Liverpool, 118 goals, which is a goal every three and a half games, really, which over 10 years that that ratio is brilliant. Signed for 37 and a half grand from Motherwell. Yeah. It's 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 mad, but I think we bought him in 1961. Um he was there 10 years and he's won a second division two leagues and then the famous FA Cup in 65 he is very much part of the foundation of what has built the success of Liverpool Football Club he was a massive part of shankley's plan a massive part of, of the club and will always be a massive part of the city so we can instead of being sad of his loss I think we should thank him and be thankful that he was
0: here yeah couldn't have put it better myself um, you know he does even blues and stuff like that, you know, they're saying how, how great of a man he was and how much he how how fantastic he was for the city. You know, he's he's kept himself he's endeared himself to whole new generations, you know, with with a Saint and Greavesy show and then later on he, he had um, the radio show with, I think it was Ian Snowden, wasn't it? Um on yeah. radio city. So he's he's endeared himself to whole new generations of fans all, all over the course of his of his life. And you know someone we know Dave Downey, who uh, runs the the Blue Room, was was close was quite close with the Saint. And you, I was reading some of the stuff he was putting up earlier, and it's just the man was special. There's there's no other way to put it. The man was an absolute. He was a gent, and he was a, he was an absolute icon of the club. And like I say, you know you see you see the statues of the people who've rightly got them around Anfield and stuff like that. You know the Saint should be next. It's hard, isn't it? Because, unfortunately, at a club like Liverpool Football Club,
1: you get that many legends and that many heroes and that many people who, you know, you like to tag and that who sort of, they just, they make the city their own and they make the people their own and they just, they become everything that we want. Uh, The amount of statues we'd have, lad, we'd have no room for fans. (laughs) Realistically, Um, I think St John was appreciated while he was here and I think, Thankfully, he got to see the painting of himself outside yeah. the ground with Roger Hunt. Um, and it's little things like that that I think he should do more of and they should, should celebrate and appreciate people while they're here. And thankfully, he got to see that. Um, I think in all walks of life, I think whenever he'd see anyone outside the grounds or not even football-related, I think he knew in his heart how much he was loved in this city, um, in Liverpool and Scotland. And... I think that that'll never change. Now he's not here.
0: No. Um, so yeah, really, really sad news. And and I just been... finish on a quote of his.
1: By all means. Famous quote: Being Saint John the Saint, there is no noise like downfield noise, and I love it.
0: Rest in peace, Saint, and rest in peace, Jose Becker.
1: of a stone There's a golden sky And the sweet silver sound of love
0: Walk on Podcast Network.